Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And all of God's children said, Amen. There was a young schoolboy who was accustomed to having his father come and pick him up every day from school and bring him home. Since he was only in first grade, the school was located in a large city. There was no way his parents would allow him to walk home by himself. And because his home was not within a certain specified zone where the buses run, he understood that he would have to wait for his dad to come pick him up. And so he did, faithfully. Every day he'd sit on the steps in front of the school and and wait. But on this one time, his father was running errands for work. And he simply forgot the time. And he didn't go right away to pick him up at the scheduled time. So the boy sat on the front steps of the school building and waited. 3 o'clock gave way to 3.30 and then to 4. And then finally at 4.15 a teacher came outside. She went up to the little boy and sat down next to him and said, Do you go here to school? The little boy answered, Yes, I go here every day. The teacher said, whose little boy are you? Who do you belong to and why are you sitting here all alone? The child cheerfully responded with a big smile on his face, my daddy is coming to pick me up. Is he late, the teacher asked. I don't know. The child replied, I I don't know what time it is. Just then a car pulled up to the curb and the child's father jumped out of the driver's seat, ran over to the front steps and kept apologizing, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, as he scooped his son up and hugged him in his arms. He said, I completely lost track of time. The teacher looked a little uncertain at the the greeting, but she looked at the little boy and his expression made it clear that this was indeed his dad. Boy's father said, didn't you worry when I didn't come right away? Oh no, the child replied, you said you would come. I knew you would and now... Here you are. His father felt a lump in his throat and tears welling up in his eyes as he heard his son say that. He carried him to the car, put him in his seat for the journey home. And as they rode along, his son turned to him and said, Dad, that nice lady asked me, who do you belong to? Didn't she know I belong to you? Well, that type of scenario in today's world would probably have us call the police. The story illustrates one clear truth. When we know to whom we belong, and we trust implicitly that that is true, it makes all the difference in the world. Today we remember and celebrate the story of Jesus' baptism. The story about baptism, and his baptism specifically, is about several things. Through the story told by Mark, the writer of the earliest gospel, there is a story and a theme of belonging. At the outset of his ministry, Jesus needed to know what we need to know. To whom do you belong? Why does it matter? Well, when we know whose we are, we are able to recognize who we are. And that's the meaning of baptism in the church, belonging. This practice is at least as old as the River Jordan ministry of John the Baptist. 
Over the centuries, baptism has a, a, a tortured history, if you will. People of faith have fought over the method of how the water is to be used. Do we sprinkle? Do we pour it over? Do we dunk them, immerse them in the water? People of faith have argued over whether or not it should be considered a sacrament in the church. And in the Methodist tradition, it is a sacrament. But one thing remains the same. To be baptized into the community of faith and the family of God means to open oneself up to the claim and the promises of a gracious God. It's to say, I know to whom I belong. I want that claim on me to shape me and shape who I am and what I will become. We've often baptized children. And when we do it, we're saying the same thing on behalf of the children. We're saying, I or we want for this child the benefits and the promise that God has already made for him or her. The sacrament of baptism within our church with the, the liturgy starts out by my saying, brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the spirit. And then often I pause and I emphasize the next words in the liturgy. I say all this is God's gift offered to us without a price. The liturgy continues by saying through confirmation and through the reaffirmation of our faith, renew the covenant declared at our baptism, acknowledge what God is doing for us, and affirm our commitment to Christ's holy church. In other words, we know whose we are, and we know who we are through baptism. When we read or hear the story of the baptism of Jesus, we can't help but ask a question about why he submitted to the baptism of John. By the end of the first century, when the Gospel of John, the last Gospel written, had begun to circulate, there were among believers the suspicion and some the outright belief that Jesus was, in fact, of God. He was divine. And if that were the case, then why did baptism even make sense for him? The Gospels of Matthew, Luke, and John all suggest there was divinity in the person of Jesus right from birth. In Matthew's case, he had Jesus declared that his baptism was necessary to fulfill all righteousness. Luke offers no explanation for the baptism. And in John's case, there's simply no story about Jesus' baptism. Some have suggested that in the case of both Matthew and Luke, the divinity of Jesus didn't really enter into the conversation. But our scripture for today from Mark declares that Jesus was to be God's son at the moment of his baptism. It's Mark's way of telling his readers and those who hear the story, now you know who Jesus is and whose he is. It's the same for you and I. When we were baptized, we are declaring or having declared for us, now we know for certain and for all time who we are and whose we are. And once we're sure about that, we can live and love and serve and celebrate our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. 
Considering tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, I wondered about his thoughts on baptism. In an article entitled The Shape of Water, Baptism and the Beloved Community, author Andrew Darty writes, Baptism today can be a powerful event when we join Jesus in the water. Because Jesus first joined people like you and me in the water. He did it so not just that we would follow him into the water, but also that we would follow him into the world. Daughtry continues by saying, when we do, we learn that baptism is a foretaste of other baptisms we may experience in our lives. Like baptism in delight and joy when we meet our children for the first time. Or baptism in grief when we lose a loved one. Or the baptism in doubt when we start to question our faith. Or the baptism in uncertainty when a job is lost. Or the baptism in social change as Martin Luther King Jr. experienced it. This baptism in social witness and change as Dr. King ushered in calls us to a really gutsy gospel that sometimes make baptism itself a dangerous business. Dr. King's life reminds us that baptism is not just a sweet, sentimental ritual, but baptism in its fullest form means taking a plunge with Jesus, a plunge towards all sorts of delight and joy, towards chaos, social and political craziness, and zaniness and uncertainty, and then facing all of it with Christ-like courage. A courage that helps us shine a light in the darkness and spread salt over the places in our lives and in the world that have lost their flavor. Lost their flavor for what is good and right and respectable and noble and true and just and fair. These actions give personified meaning to the ritual of being baptized so that we will not be held under the power of sin and death. Baptism inspires faith, inspires activism. Dr. King's work was stimulated by a deep and abiding belief in the sacred value of all people, causing him to dedicate his life to the promotion of justice and healing. I mean, just a touch of water on our lives can remind us of the Christ who claims us in our baptism. We are welcomed into what Dr. King called the beloved community. The beloved community offered by the grace of God who wants us to hear and know that we are his sons and daughters. And we are that without condition, without exception, and no matter where we come from. Whether or not we see it all the time, baptism leaves a mark on our lives. It's like a permanent invisible tattoo of the, the sign of the cross over our lives. This mark reveals who and whose we are once and for all time. The hard work, the hard work comes in agreeing and cooperating with God and believing that God is right. When the voice Jesus heard at his baptism becomes the voice we hear at ours. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter. 
with whom I am well pleased. That's where Jesus started. And that should be where we start too. The first grader sitting on the front steps of the school waited without doubt, waited without fear for the arrival of the one who cared for him and who would not abandon him. He was able to do that because he knew who he was. And he knew that because he knew with utter certainty whose he was. So what are we to say about our baptisms? I'd like to offer you today a challenge about your baptism to feel the ripples of the water of renewal. I encourage you today and through the rest of the week to read this scripture each day. Reflect on the baptism of Jesus, the circumstances. Reflect on it, what the meaning is for Jesus and what the meaning is for us. And then reflect on your own baptism. You might not remember it, but that's okay. But remember the vows that were made on your behalf at your baptism. Think about them. We've renewed our vows here before. Think about renewing and what it means to renew your vows from baptism. And as you're reflecting on those two things, consider the final piece of identifying areas of renewal in your life that need spiritual renewal and transformation. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a habit or an attitude that needs a fresh start. Excuse me. As believers loved and embraced by a gracious God, we can know who we are and whose we are and then go out into the world and live a new way as children, baptized children of a beloved community. One we can rejoice and be glad in. Amen.